You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. So I just finished what we were doing in the book of Revelation, which makes us kind of in an in-between spot. This week we're doing a one-off sermon, and a lot of times when I do a one-week kind of sermon thing, uh, it's picking up on like a sermon series that I started, I don't know, seven years ago. Um, which is the names of God. And so I just randomly, whenever I'm kind of between, uh, kind of pick out a name of God, and then we talk about that. Um, And the reason I do that is because I think for us as Christians, as people who um, love Jesus and then love the Father as well, um, those names of God sometimes give us a a better appreciation for for who God is, right? A better appreciation understanding of who God is. And I liken it to like a diamond, you know, a cut diamond. You can look at it from any angle. uh, And as you turn it, as you look at it, as you look deeper at it, the more uh, focused you are on it, uh, the more uh, beauty and majesty you see. And so um, you may have a specific thing you really like uh, about the character of God. I think we all have some specific things we like about the character of God. But as we turn that gemstone in 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 our mind, uh, we see more um, that's admirable and beautiful and noteworthy in the character of who God is. And today, um, I'll be sharing from one verse in the Bible, um, which is, uh, I guess, you know, it's going to take about 40 minutes. No, <laughs> uh, we'll be doing one verse today, uh, but we'll talk uh, kind of broader as well. I'll go ahead and read the verse. It's the very last verse in the book of Ezekiel. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to Ezekiel chapter 48. Um, Ezekiel is right before Daniel and after kind of Jeremiah and Lamentations. Okay, so you get to Jeremiah, Lamentations. Ezekiel's almost 50 chapter book there, 48 chapter book. And then right before the book of Daniel, we get to the final verse there. Ezekiel chapter 48, verse, what is that, 35, I think is, uh, yeah, where we're at. Um, but uh, before we read that verse, just to set up what, what this verse is talking about, because otherwise it really stands off in a weird way. The last several chapters of the book of Ezekiel are difficult to read. If you've ever gone through reading the Bible, the end of Ezekiel reads a lot like the middle of Leviticus. Like It's just like, what are we doing here? It's a very detailed retelling and remeasuring of the city of Jerusalem and the, the walls, and then of the temple, and the courtyard, and everything inside of there, and I mean detailed. Detailed enough that if we wanted to draw it out on a plot of land, and we wanted to measure it and everything, we could do that based on the details that are included here. And he does that for, like, I don't know, eight chapters or something. I mean, it's, there's a lot going on there um, describing the temple. And he continues with the gates of the city, and at the end of it, we get this verse, verse 35. It says, the circumference of the city shall be 18,000 cubits in the name of the city. From that time on shall be the Lord is there. Now that name, the Lord is there, uh, is is Jehovah Shammah or Yahweh Shammah. uh, And that is a name of God, that the Lord is there. It's one of those attributes of God that that is a noteworthy thing. In this case, literally what it's trying to communicate is that Jerusalem has fallen, they're, they're living in exile, the city is in disrepair, the temple is not in good shape, the glory of God has departed from that place, and when it's rebuilt to this measure, 
when it comes back to what Ezekiel draws out, when it looks like exactly as it's described in the last eight or so chapters of the book of Ezekiel, at that point, uh, the Lord, his name will be on the city of Jerusalem, and it will say the Lord is there. Very literally, the presence of God will be felt in that place. And, and when is this fulfilled, right? Any prophecy that's given in the Bible was fulfilled. And obviously Jerusalem was re-inhabited. It was rebuilt. Uh, but never to this splendor that's described here in the book of Ezekiel. Where it's, re, where it's filled finally is if you go all the way to the end of your Bible, into Revelations chapter 20, 21, uh, 22, we get this picture of the new heaven and the new earth. And we have this reconstituted planet and we have God as this, this present force there. And at that point, um, this prophecy will be fully realized. That the Lord is there, right? And so, so initially, um, we have this future Jerusalem that one day God's present, presence will be there. But, but it doesn't just mean that who brings a six-week-old baby to church? That's my kid, by the way. I love having your kids in church. So, man, no. Uh, he's dressed like a scarecrow today. That's, that's interesting. Um, we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Oh, by the way, uh, while Paul was singing, actually during the hymns as well, I look over at the baby, and all of a sudden he's like this. <laughs> of course, he's like six weeks old, so he stretches his arms out randomly if he's trying to poop. So, like, there's all sorts of things it could be. But, uh, yeah. Are you embarrassed now as a mom? I'm sorry. Oh, now they're going. Now, <laughs> all right, guys. So, uh, so the Lord is there, the name of God, Jehovah Shammah. So, so there is this future promise that there's going to be a city in which the presence of God is very real and, and, and felt. The glory of God will no longer be departed. The glory of God will be manifested and it will be visible to all who enter in. Right, And that's a beautiful future promise. But there's also a present promise to those who know and love God. Right, And this goes back to, to the character of who God is, that He is indeed there. And what, where, where is there? Well, it's where you find yourself. Right, Wherever you find yourself and whatever hole you've dug yourself into or whatever mess that you found yourself in, whether it's of your doing or of your friend's doing, Right? God is still there. Right? The presence of God is manifested in all aspects of the believer's life. And sometimes that presence looks like judgment and wrath. Sometimes that presence is, is not pleasant to experience, but he's still there. And for me, one of the great comforts that I have as a follower of Christ is I know that in my present suffering, I never suffer alone. Right In my present suffering, in the time that I am right now, when life is difficult right now, uh, what, you know, I, my life isn't insanely difficult right now. No, it is actually kind of insanely difficult right now. Um, but I go to bed randomly at night. There's 13 people underneath my roof sometimes. Right? And then that present suffering, I was talking to, I guess that was maybe to Bill, and I said, you know, like our house is under construction, and so like we have roughly 1,300 living spaces feet of living space, 13 heads, that's about 100 square foot a person. Bill says uh, in, the, in the state, in TDCJ, you get 64 feet. So we're doing better. Uh, we're doing better than the 8 by 8 
uh, situation right now. Um, but even in that present suffering, little or big, I know that I don't suffer alone. And you know, sometimes you feel isolated. I know I feel isolated in this life. Sometimes um, when, when I get into myself, when I get in my feelings, like, and I think there's no one else who can see what's happening in my world. There's no one else who's wandering in the pain that I'm wandering in right now. It's just me alone. And it's in those moments that Jehovah Shammah is, is, is an ever-ready present help because he is there with you. When you're struggling, when you're suffering, he's there. He's also there when you're celebrating victories, right? Whenever you've experienced success, you've, you've you know, summited the mountaintop, you're experiencing the highest joys that you're going to have in your life, and you look around and you're, and you're at the highest point you're ever going to be, and God is still there with you. The presence of God, the omnipresence of God, that he would be there in the, in the heights and there in the depths and there everywhere in between is a great comfort to the church. Right? You don't suffer alone. You, you don't celebrate alone. This is not your life alone. You may go to an empty house. Like after you leave church here today, you may go to an empty house. And you may not talk to another living soul until next Sunday. I pray that's not the case for you. But you might not talk to another person until next Sunday. I want you to know you're not alone in this world. You're not alone. Apologize, I'm parched today. Johnny Hill said, I've, I've lost my voice. I'm preaching on one verse. I should probably let y'all out early. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but you're not alone, church. Right? And, 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 I, and I often think of it in the times of suffering, but it's also true in the victories. You're not alone. And then just in the mundane life. You're just plowing through. Most of your life isn't the worst day of your life, and most of your life isn't the best day of your life. A lot of your life is just making it through the next day. It's just a regular day. You woke up. You did the thing that you always do. You went to work. You came home. My kids sometimes ask me, say, Dad, how was work? I, I, I was like, it was fine, right? It, I don't know. Like, it was a normal day. It wasn't, wasn't like amazing. It wasn't terrible. Uh, it was a normal day. It was, it, was, it was a fine day. Thank you for asking me. You're showing some concern for me. That's always nice to see that I'm loved enough to be asked. But, you know, most days are just days. Even in those days, those forgettable days, God's there. Right, which means you can reach out to him in prayer at any moment, right? The Bible tells us to pray continually, pray without ceasing. And the reason we can do that is because God is there. We don't have to summon him from somewhere else. I remember the story of Elijah and the Baal, the prophets of Baal. I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. Uh, Elijah, who has felt isolated, by the way, he's actually been like depressed, borderline suicidal in the Bible there. He's like, it's just me. No one else is being faithful. No one else loves God. Like I do. And God, well, it's actually right after this. God has a reprimand for him. But, but before it, he goes and he confronts Ahab and Jezebel and their prophets. And he says, uh, hey, it's not going to rain for like until I say so. And then it doesn't rain for like three years. And so he's a wanted man, a hated man. And then he goes again and he says, well, let's have a contest to see whose God is real. They'll answer by fire. And so they made up an altar and they set the offering on the altar. They put the wood on the underneath the altar. And then he said, here's the deal. 
you just ask your God to set it on fire. And whoever's God sets it on fire, obviously they're the God, because they answered by setting it on fire. And so for all day long, the prophets of Baal uh, were, were, were chanting and screaming and pleading for Baal to come and to light the fire on their sacrifice. And they were cutting themselves, like, and making themselves bleed to show how serious their concern was. And after a couple of hours, Elijah, like, turns into, like, the worst version of me. And he's like, he's like, well, maybe, maybe he's gone on a trip. Like, maybe your God is on vacation, and he's gone over, over there. You just got to yell a little louder. Maybe he can't hear you right now. And then they yell a little louder for a while. He's like, maybe... Uh, I, I forget the terminology as it's translated here, but literally what he's saying is like, maybe he's on the toilet. Right? Maybe he's relieving himself. When he's done taking care of his business there, then he'll be able to answer. Like, just, just give it a little more time. And they go from sun up to sundown, screaming and yelling and cutting and banging things and trying. And Elijah for hours is just making fun of him. And the people are just gathered around watching this scene for hours on end, right? There's no TV. It's the best thing you got to watch, okay? And so they're all there, and afterwards, Elijah just kind of walks over because their God, you know, couldn't answer, wouldn't answer because it's no God at all. And he makes up his altar. He restores an altar. He puts a sacrifice on it, digs a trench around it, and just pours water on it till the trench is filled up, till the trench overflows. By the way, water was a scarce commodity after a three-year drought, um, and so he does all of this, and then he's like, hey, God, can you? And then poof, everything, down to the stones, burned up. But our God is there, right? Well, he's not on vacation. He's not locked away in the, in the, in the toilet somewhere trying to take care of business. He is there now. He's present now. You can call out to him. Now, I find myself more now than at any point in my life having five-second prayers with God. Right? I just walk in somewhere, and I'm like, okay, God, <laughs> just, just give, me another, give me another minute to figure this out. Just give me another minute, God. Right? right? Just these brief prayers, because I recognize that God is near to me in the mundane life that we live. See, God loves his children loves us. He wants to hear from us. He wants to be present with us. Right? And he doesn't desire you to be distant from him. He is always closing that. The story of the prodigal son. <clears throat> the prodigal son runs off far away. As soon as he comes back to his senses, my, one of my favorite terms of uh, word in scripture. He came to his senses. He was out of his head. He came to his senses. He turned his way back towards his father, and the father sees him from a distance and runs to him to meet him. Even when you're far from him, right? his eyes are set to the hill for you to return. He is looking for you. He's there for you. He's present for you in your present suffering, your present victory, in your present mundane life. And he'll be there in this future Jerusalem that the end of Revelation promises us about. My question for you, though, about the end story. 
when this new heaven and new earth are built and where the saints of God are gathered together and they live in the very presence of God and there's no need for the sun because God himself will be our light. When that time comes, Revelations 21, 22, when that time comes, you haven't read it, read it this evening. When, when that story comes to become true, and He is there, and the glory of God is there, and the city is named Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Are you there? Are, are you there? Because God will be there, and His presence will be there, and it will be felt, and it will be manifested, and it will be so real. Uh, it will be as real as anything that you've experienced in this life, so much so that the things of this life will grow strangely dim. They will look like children's toy things. Right, right? You ever pick up something that's, that's just not quite real? Right, right? Like, like I know um, like money is, one, is a great thing. Right? You, pick up, you pick up like a... a I'm going to use foreign money because it's not real to me. Um, you ever go to another country and you, and you grab one of their coins? You're like, this isn't real money. <laughs> it doesn't feel like real money. This is play money, right? Well, they got pictures of like weirdos on their dollar bills and they're in like technicolor. Like this isn't real money at all. Out of them, maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not here to judge, okay? But the, the, the feeling that you get when you hold their money and you say, that's not good. <laughs> you say, this isn't real. That feeling it is what all of the highest points in your life are going to look like compared in that end story. Guys, guys, there is a real world over there that makes this world look like the shadows that it is. And my question is, I know God is going to be there. Are you going to be there too? And the way you know if you're going to be there is that you engage in God in a relationship with Him through His Son. You can't get there on your own. You can't engage uh, an eternal life with God on your own righteousness. You aren't righteous. You're just not. Uh, I've I, I probably used the, the dog poop brownie illustration here before. It's, it's worth using again. Um, you get a brownie, and it's delicious. You run out of chocolate chips, and you substitute just a little bit of dog poop in there to kind of give the consistency of a, of a brownie. In there, the brownie may still be delicious. That's terrifying. Your tongue may not know that it's not delicious. But if I told you that there was dog proof in it, you probably shouldn't eat it. Right? A lot of us, our righteousness is dog poop brownie. We're like, God, doesn't it look good? And God's like, I mean, to somebody, it might. But I'm righteous. I'm holy. I know what's in this. I know what you're giving me as this brownie. I know it's not perfect. I know it's not right. It's like, yeah, it looks better than what Matt's giving me. But that's not saying much. Right? So stop trying to give God your, 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 your bad, unregenerate life. And instead, fall on your face. And ask God to save you through the power of Jesus Christ. And then when you approach God, instead of it being your righteousness, like here's the best I could do with the ingredients I had to work with, God, God throws that away and he gives you a 100% genuine brownie. No, that's not true. He gives you his righteousness, his holiness, his perfection as seen 
through Jesus Christ. And he says, I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to impute that on you. Instead of me seeing your righteousness, which is bad, I will see my son's righteousness, which is perfect. Right? And then you'll be there with Jehovah Shammah, where the presence of God is truly felt. Guys, I want you all to know today, you can be encouraged to know that God is with you today, where you are now. But you should be challenged to knowing whether or not you're going to be there where he is at the end. Let's pray.